Welcome to the Hero Podcast, hosted by Victor, the Rocket Man Rancor. Here to take your HVAC business and sales to the moon. Shooting live from beautiful Southern California. The Eagle has landed. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, guys, to the Hero Podcast. This is episode number 12. I have one of my favorite guests on, my business partner, uh, but also, you know, a long, a long time customer of, of Hero and just a badass dude overall, Mr. Jeff Packard. He is the CEO of One Stop Heating and Air out in Utah. Uh, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Get on mute him, dude. Fucking told you. The, can you hear me? We can hear you now, though. Sorry about that. You were okay. muted. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, bro. It's good to be here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wanted to bring you on because you tie in, you know, multiple angles of what of what I what I'm into, right? So I have the 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 service side, right? Because that's my my background where I started as a service tech, same as you. We got the sales, and then now you've you know blossomed into a you know a badass entrepreneur and starting your business. So I kind of want to you know kind of tell your story. Hopefully, it's the goal is you know like any of the anybody I have on the podcast is to be able to motivate them to go ahead and you know go out on their own or, you know, get better at sales or whatever it is. So you want to kind of touch base on, you know, how you started in the industry and then kind of lead into where we are now. Yeah, for sure, man. I started, uh, I started in this industry by accident more than anything, just a young kid looking for a job, uh, had a roommate that was doing HVAC says, get into it. I, I spent a lot of time into it before I really started moving forward. I was in it for about eight, nine years before I started doing service and sales and started getting that opportunity in about 2008 uh, to do service and sales. And um, by 2015, 2016, I was doing just shy of 3 million a year in sales in 2016. And the company I worked for was cool. They gave me a lot of good opportunities, but uh, after that, uh, the opportunities got less and less. The company was kind of going downhill. So at that point I was left with an ultimatum whether I was going to uh, go work for somebody else after working for somebody for 12 years or do my own thing. So it was kind of a no brainer. I didn't want to work for anybody else at that time. So you started, uh, so obviously as a service tech, as a service tech, you were selling $3 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Service sales tech. Yeah. And, and keep in mind guys, this is in, this is in a market in, in Utah, which is not a, it's not a large market like LA or, or Florida or something like that. This is where it's a, it's a pretty, you know, smaller community. It's still a big, big city, but to be able to do 3 million out of that, out of that area, you know, obviously it takes not only talent, but work, work ethic. So you're working at a company that's struggling. How did you keep yourself motivated? Right? Because selling $3 million a year is not easy. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. If you, everybody can say whatever they want, but selling $3 million a year is not easy. And then second, you're doing it as a company's failing around you, but you're still selling every day. So how do you how do you keep yourself motivated? Because I would imagine there's not a bunch of other guys working with you at that time that are motivated, you know, to to drive the business. So it seems like you're probably the through the whole damn business on your back and said, let's go. So what was that situation like? Uh it wasn't that bad at that time. It got worse like 17 and, and 18 when I when I left. But 2015, 2016, we were doing good, but my motivation was uh, was always those Friday paychecks, man. I was never satisfied with, never satisfied with uh, getting a job sold that day. I'd go home and do some yard work. Fuck that. It was like get a job sold. Let's go get the second or third one sold in the same day and make make that real money. So, um, it was it was cool, man. I had a couple people uh, turn tech technicians that were turning over to me. One guy, uh, this dude, he was an old he's an old feller. He's in his mid sixties, still in the trade. But never made more than a, he said the most income he'd ever made in a year is fifty two thousand. In two thousand sixteen, he did not sell one thing; just straight turned over to me and made one hundred twenty thousand in income. So, affecting an impact in his life was pretty cool in that in that regard as well. That kind of gave me chills, man, because you got to you got to think about it, especially the guys that are comfort advisors out there or, you know, running tech leads. Right. These guys are dependent on you. Right. If you don't sell, they don't eat like I can turn all the leads in the world. But if the guy doesn't doesn't sell it, then there there's I don't make any money. Right. And I think that was the hardest thing for me as a as a turn tech, because that's how I started out as a technician, had to turn leads, had to be really good at turning leads before they'll even think about letting you sell. Right. right. And a lot of guys don't realize, you know, the, the impact you have, like, you know, if I'm a sales guy and I'm running a tech turnover and a lot of guys are like, give me the tech turnovers. I want those. Well, you don't understand the pressure that comes with that because running an estimate, it's that's your money, right? If you either sell it or you don't, you make money. 
But when you're on a tech turnover, guys don't realize the amount of time and energy and effort you got to put into that because I refuse. I refuse not to leave with a sale because I know not only it impacts my family, but it's going to impact my technician. That technician is not going to want you to run their leads anymore. Right. And then the same, and then the same thing transfers onto the installer. So when you, when you are in that position, you know, it, it it feels good when your guys below you are making checks like that. So that's freaking badass to even hear that. And for the guys that are listening that have never made a hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, what would you say to them? And like, how do you, how do you, what would you think was the step where you came into the industry? You know, you didn't make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year starting out. What was the turning point from going from a technician to now we're starting to make some money? Uh, just grinding through it, man. Like when you when you turn into a technician and start to learn the sales part of it, it was a, um, it was it was a learning curve for sure. It took me a few years to get it down, but just relentless bro i'm a capricorn so we're relentless yeah you know what and, and trust me i know i've seen your uh, personality test and if you guys have never done a personality test i suggest you do one on not only on yourself but people around you so we did uh we jeff was out of my my shop a couple months back for a business boot camp and we did everybody's personality test and the funny thing is like two weeks before that we we started calling jeff captain because he's a captain of his business and, and we're going back and forth in a text message and sure enough we get the we get the report back on his personality and the fucking top of the thing says captain <laughs> and, and, it's, and, it, and his drive his drive and his and his precision and all these other things that he has in place are fantastic which it actually is crazy because it'll tell you that test will tell you right away if that guy's an entrepreneur or if he's a sales guy or, or if he's an accountant, right. That thing will tell you like, Hey, this guy should be in a fucking in an office by himself counting beans. But Jeff, it was like, yeah. it was like right off the chart of exactly what you want as an entrepreneur. Right. So, so now you, you worked for this company, you said 12 years or 15 years, 12 years, 12 years, you put in 12 years. That means that's a lot of freaking windshield time. Um, you know, and, and you got, you got kids too. So, you know, what was, what was that like as a technician sales guy and probably working crazy hours, right. And, and trying to, dad try to single dad, trying to be there for your kids. How was that? Dude, I'll tell you, uh, I talk to my guys about it all the time, uh, about the balance of it and, and, you know, the family versus your, your work life. And my kid, man, I, I could count the amount of games I missed on my kids, uh, missed of my kids on a single hand. Like I didn't miss shit. I may have had to go back to work after I was done with the game. Uh, I may have went there sh- straight from work to the game. Uh, but man, like I-, I made sure to that the family was always the most important thing, but the work is what, what drove that, you know, I, that's what got me the vacations with my kids and taking them out to play tournaments in other States was the work. So I was always good at balancing it, man. Like people would always complain, but I, I worked, I seemed to work a lot more hours than, than anybody at the, at that company at the time, but I never missed my kids games, man. I was always there. Well, and that, and that's not easy to do. Right. Cause I think that was one of the things that beat me up, right. As a, as a salesperson, you know, my last, my last job as a sales guy, I was the service manager, the sales manager and the salesman. And I was at my office. I leave my house every morning at 6 AM. I'd get there at seven. I'd run my service meeting, right. Run my service meeting, get done with the service meeting. Then we'd have our sales meeting, get done with the sales meeting. Then I'm going through dispatch doing all this shit. And then I'd be running calls till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. And what, what gave me my entrepreneurial seizure is that I didn't get that. I wasn't spending time with my kids. So, I, you know, that's more power to you that you were able to do that. And you had a boss that was able to do that shit. My boss, if I asked him for a, I asked him for a fucking morning off to take my kids to school, he'd tell me to fuck myself. Right. So it's, it's- yeah, my boss at that time, he wasn't very involved in the, the fact that I, that I pulled the numbers I did. Uh, and the fact that I worked my ass off, I was, I was pretty much my own boss for the last four or five years there. That was the main reason why I started my own business. Cause I went, I was already my own boss. I was not about to go work for somebody else. Well, yeah. And that, that was the same thing. So like when I, when I finally had that, I'm like, Hey, I was actually in conversations to go back to service champions. I went to dinner with some guys and I told them the position that I wanted. And they're like, well, we don't know if we can give you that position. I was like, if you give me that position, I'll come back. I was already dead set on going back to service champions and, and never starting my own business. Like I was okay. Cause we made so much money. I didn't really give a shit, but, yeah. and then, you know, ultimately, you know, I went the other way because I'm like, okay, well I'm already, I was already running some other dudes business. I was like I said, service manager, sales manager, fucking and dealing with customer concerns, dealing with everything in the business. I'm like, dude, I'm already running my own business. Let's just go figure out what it would take. And I, but the, but being me and you, right. So a lot of guys, they want to go start their business, but they don't have a fallback plan because in my mind, I'm like, 
I'm a badass sales guy. If I go fail at this shit, someone's going to fucking hire me tomorrow. And the same thing yeah. you get, when you guys have that, when you have that ability, that sales ability, you always have that thing in your back of your mind. Like, Hey, I'll, I'm really, I'm willing to risk everything because I know God forbid anything happens. I can go still make a half a million dollars a year selling air conditioning. Yeah. Oh, uh, is that kind of the, is that kind of the thought process you had when you started your business? Uh, yes and no, 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 that you got that in your hip pocket. Uh, but failure wasn't an option, man. Failure, just like you. I mean, failure is not an option from the get. So I knew there was no looking back in that once, once I really made the commitment to do it there, I was never going to work for somebody again. So what, what year you, you officially started one stop in 2018? Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy story about you and I, like we started like the same month, same, same time and everything. We didn't even know each other, but yeah, we started, I started, uh, I got my business license June 1st of 2018, uh, really started running calls out the house, like in August, quit my job in, in August and then uh, had the building where our shop where we lived by November. So we were we were full full blown by by November of that month that year. That yeah, so yeah, exactly. I started my business the first the first week. I was like the third of August in 2018. So right around the same time, and and it was like I still remember you know that the the I started my business. We we sold our first job. And then I quit. I quit my job the day it was installing. So like I was like I, I was one of those people that I can't be one foot in on something. I'm either fucking all in or right. I'm not going to be involved with it. And you know at that time I'm like I could have stayed around to get my bonus because I just came off of record sales month. If I would have stayed like two more weeks. We got like a ten thousand dollar bonus and all this shit. And I'm just like, dude, when I want to fucking do something, like you know we want to burn the fucking ships. And, and I can't. If you're going to do it, you got to commit to it. And, and I still have that same problem now. Like if I'm half, like I, I can't do anything fucking halfway because it drives me insane. Um, so, so you made that commitment. You said, okay, I'm going to start my business. How much, you know, did you start with a lot of money? Did you, did you save up or was just like, no, Hey, we're going to. I wanted to say thank you guys so much for tuning into the hero podcast. Right now we have a big announcement. Tickets to the service hero 10 X events are officially on sale. You won't want to miss the event of the year, and we expect this thing to be sold out fast. So right now, general admission is only $14.95, and VIP is only $24.95. VIP includes one-on-one -on -one with all speakers and access to our amazing after parties. So if I was you, I'd rush to go get your tickets right away. You can reach me or DM me today and get your ticket to get you signed up, and we cannot wait to see you in Las Vegas. Figure it out. I pulled my I, I pulled the retirement my four hundred one k from from the business that from from where I worked. So I had about uh, fifty sixty thousand that I I bought three vans uh, right away. Lease lease the building we were, we were working on um, and hired some employees and some and equipment right away. I think that's one of the big things. A lot of guys make the mistake right when they first start their business is they try to operate out of their house. And obviously we all did it for a little bit of time, but I never really operated out of my house ever because I, I felt that if I operated out of my house, I was never going to go to work. Right. I always had this. So we would operate out of a, the pizza shop parking lot by our, for, with our, my partner. So we literally meet every morning at the shop pizza shop parking lot because I didn't want to meet at my house because if I met at my house, I was going to sit my ass on the, on the couch all day. I needed yeah. something to say, Hey, look, cause I'm so used to, you know, when you're working for a big company, you're so used to just the, the schedule and the regimen yeah. that if all of a sudden I started, you know, moseying out of the door at 8 a.m. Like it was just going to start a snowball of laziness. So for me, I'm like, hey, you know, if you if you're willing to wake up for another motherfucker at 6 a.m., you better be able to wake up at 6 a.m. for yourself was my mentality. And yep. you need to get your ass out the door, because if, if you're going to do you're going to put that same amount of work in for someone else, you don't want to do it for yourself. You're never going to be successful. And a lot of guys, they they, they work out of their house and then they'll mosey around. They'll go write up an estimate here and there and they'll wait for the phone to ring. And I'm like, dude, how do we make the phones ring more? and more and more is that kind of the process you were going through because i mean getting a building right away is kind of scary it was way scary man signing a five-year lease when you're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna make it five years it was way scary uh but you know how that is you gotta you gotta take that leap of faith so yeah it was uh and, and then the marketing thing man right when we started i made the comment this morning in my uh leadership meeting that it was like I, I was blindfolded with a handful of darts and just threw them to see what would stick. Oh, dude, if it's the amount of the amount of marketing 
things that I've went through and the people and like, you know, I'm still in a fucking contract for one that I signed up for. And I've never got one lead for it. And it's the fucking three-year contracts about to end finally. And I'm like, you know, but we were, I was willing to try anything. Right. And there's no, there's, you know, there's, there's books and stuff like that you can read and, and people, and you can go find some important people that can help you. But when you first start out, you don't have the time, energy or money to go fucking hire somebody or buy a book or do this or go spend a you know, day reading a book or whatever it is. So I'm like, Oh, yeah. we'll just figure it out. So just like, just like you, man, it just, I felt like we were doing, uh, I mean, you guys, did you guys do home advisor or which one did you guys start out with? Yeah, We start, we started with a little home advisor uh, and we got signed up on, uh, local service ads right when it's right when it started uh so oh, i think that's that was good. a great benefit from us but home advisor man as much as everybody hates on it we don't use it anymore by no means but we did pretty good on home advisor if you could be first to to get a hold of the customer you can win a lot of those jobs so we did well our first uh year 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 and a half with home advisor to help us get going to where we had uh, more of a brand name and a better better image that we didn't have to use that anymore See, we couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't get home advisor when I started. Cause I didn't have a license until I was like four months into business. So they were, I tried to, I remember trying to borrow my, uh, my, my step or my father-in-law, he had a co general contractor's license. I do, I put that on my advertising, even though, cause I didn't have a real license. And then I would try to, I tried to use that for home advisor. Like, dude, this isn't, this isn't an HVAC company. This is for, uh, <laughs> I'm like, dude, just, I'm like, just use the fucking thing. I just need leads, bro. Like what's the deal? So like, I never even, I never got, I used home advisor like three, two and a half years in the business i tried it and i kind of shut it off because at that point yeah, i already yeah. had figured out other ways to get to get leads so right. so you just started your business you you had an entrepreneurial seizure you bought three trucks you got a building and kind of walk through how those first couple months were i mean obviously you know you're coming at the tail end of summer um how did that how did that process go tail end of summer heading into the first winter uh with your new business so the um the tail end of the summer was really that was the time when I was just kind of running some calls uh, out of the house. Uh, everyone that was involved in the business still had jobs. And then once we got the building come November 1st, uh, I had probably five employees from day one. So we had jobs right away. I knew that, that I wasn't interested in going and installing HVAC equipment. So I had to have people uh, ready to do that day one. So we had people ready to go. And, and from the company I came from, I knew that you have to spend money. So uh, even though, like I said, that uh, darts blindfolded, throwing the darts, we got some shit to stick and we pulled a, a quarter million dollar revenue in our first two months of business. See, I mean, that's, and, and a lot of people don't realize like they want to, it's one of those things you get this, like, especially when you're first starting out, you want to hold on to as much money as you can because you're nervous. You don't know how to spend it. And if you talk to any of the guys that have taken off quick or that have been successful is that they, they knew that it's, it's part of, it's playing the game, but you can't, it's, it's, this game is coin operated. And if you ain't willing to spend the coin, you ain't going to get no damn coin back and your business is never going to grow. So, I mean, obviously you figure that out. So we're, we're two months in, you did a quarter million dollars in sales and that's wrapping up 2018. What did you, you know, heading into 2019, obviously you're coming out of winter. Winter in Utah is a weird one for sure. Um, coming out of coming out of that time, what what were you guys focusing on to be able to start generating more customers, to be able to keep continuing to grow? Um, man, to be honest, at that point, I didn't have much focus. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing it. Uh, yeah. Seriously, didn't have no idea what we were doing. Uh, it was until like about a year ago when I really started thinking about what we were doing and how we were going to get there. But 2019, man, we just went like gangbusters and we just, we were uh, unorganized and probably, uh, uh, yeah, we, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but we did good. We did 2.4 million in revenue uh, really without knowing how the hell we did it. Just, we were just went out running a gun. Like you said, you think once you get into this position, you think you can outsell yourself out of everything and out of not knowing your numbers, I'll just go sell more jobs. So, so that was my mentality. I'd been in the field, um, a lot in 2018, 2019, 2020. So it was just a matter of just, I don't know what's going on and I don't care. Give me some jobs. I'm gonna go out and sell some jobs. Yeah. And that was, that was, you know, it's still, it's still our mentality, right? Like I always feel like whatever happens, like because of our ability to sell that we'll figure it out. Like that's how I've always, like, like that just is what it is. Like if, if tomorrow someone said, Hey, you got to pay, 
you got 30 days to pay a fucking 200 grand bill. I would go get my truck. I go get me a work truck and put a uniform on. I'm going to go sell me $400,000 so I can get yeah. my money back. Right. And, um, but it, it, that's a good thing to lean on, but you know, just like you, right. We, we can do that all day and keep running our head into a wall and never really get where we want to go. But what, what made you kind of take a step back and realize like, Hey, I got to get not only control of the, the numbers, the finances, but to control the entire business and know, be able to start making stuff predictable. Right. Because now we're through me and you are both through a couple seasons now where we kind of know you can kind of help tell the ebbs and flows of a business without having to, you know, be freaking out like what do i do right now well what did i do last year at this time uh so when when was did you get to that point where you're starting to understand the business and understanding the, the flow of how it worked uh really over the last year and a lot of it is uh networking and uh trying to mingle with people that are smarter than me that have been to the places that i want to go to uh, but that's really what opened my opened my eyes and, and made me realize that we need to focus on the numbers. We need to know know what our numbers are and how, how to generate more off of it. Cool. So we get done with year one with $2.5 million heading into 2020. You're probably on your high horse like everybody else was, right? Like I got my fucking shit together. It's we're going to fucking crush 2020. And then all of a sudden March comes around and says, hey, what's up, baby? Hey, you weren't ready for this, huh? Fucking bitch slap you across the face. What Please. happened? We're brand new. We're both brand new business at that point. Like there's, we're not established. We don't got fucking million dollar lines of credit and, and all this shit. Like we're just living paycheck to paycheck. And all of a sudden you get hit in the mouth and the phone stopped like that. Right. What was going through your head when 2020 hit? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was scary as shit, man. Like we were, like you said, we were all puffed up, just did what we just did 2.4 in our first year. And we were thinking that we were doing four or five million in 2020. And then come come March and come COVID, man, I remember sitting in the same room that I'm in right now uh, talking about letting half of our guys go and how we're not going to get into any houses, which for a couple months, we didn't get into a lot of houses. It kicked our ass. And we uh, we went backwards a little bit in 2020. Uh, revenue wise. But uh, my thing is, man, if you can go through that shit in your second year of business and come out stronger, like we were just ready to catapult in 21. And that's what we did. Yeah. I still remember, you know, sitting in my office, I did lay off people. Cause at that point I had a, I already had like 35, 40 employees or some shit. And we're sitting around with our thumbs up our ass and no one wants to come to work. So the people that do work in your office want to work from home. So I'm like, I'm not prepared for you guys to work from home. So you guys are just, I'll see you guys later, lay those people off. Yeah. I'm in my office and I'm answering every phone call that comes in, which weren't that many, but I'm answering every phone call coming in. And I think that that was at that point when I realized that like, oh shit, like I need to start putting some processes in place because I, I started answering the phones and every call that I took, we started selling them. Like I would, I would, I would take, I'd listen to the people. I'd be able to answer the questions over the phone. And we started selling. Like every time I sent someone out, we're like, dude, this is fucking cool. So I think that was I, 2020 when it hit me, when it hit me, I just, that gave me a time where I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a step back. We just did the wild, wild west for fucking a year and a half. Now let's figure out the numbers and figure out what we want. And that's when I, I always tell people like that was when absolute 2.0 hit. Like that's when I started changing my whole business because I knew that I couldn't be, I couldn't get myself caught with my pants down again. And I also needed to make sure that we had a plan in place. So I think that, you know, I don't know about you, but I think it made me not only stronger, but a better business person at that point, because you got to kind of see what could happen if you don't have your shit in, in, in order. Right. I agree. hundred percent. So 2020 hits. Um, Utah's a little bit different than, I mean, California, obviously we were shut down and stuff, but you know, Utah's real conservative and stuff. So even I was out there during COVID and I just remember just like, you couldn't even walk into a, into a, into anywhere at all. Like they wouldn't let you in. You had to wear masks everywhere. It was like, it was like a ghost town in Utah when I was out there. So I can only imagine how it was trying to deal with business and, and, and obviously we have to pivot. Now we got to have our, our, all of our employees in mass and we got guys are out all the time. And, and it's like, there's a, there's so many things that you start learning and then you got, you got to deal with HR stuff too, because as a small business, we only have so many employees. And if our employee says they have COVID, there's nothing we could do. We can't, we can't force them to work. And, and we're like, dude, it's, it's it crazy. Rough. It was rough, man. And a lot of people don't talk about it. And, you know, obviously, you know, most of us, you know, I, I got a PPP loan. Thank God. That's what saved my business at that point. And, and, and I'm not shy about it because I was, I was, I was, I was spending, I remember February in the first week of March, 
I started dumping all my money into radio. I just, I just bought a huge radio campaign. I just bought all this shit and all of a sudden fucking went to nothing. Right. No, I'm like, I just dropped a hundred thousand dollars and nothing happened. And I'm like, Oh, I'm guessing I'm going to go bankrupt. So I started started ever coming down like the last hour when I'm like, dude, I need this PPP loan. I'm over at my bank. I'm like, Hey dude, like I know I'm in the back of the line, but I need you to fucking push that shit through. No, uh, that shit was, it was nice. I'm not going to complain about it either. Dude, well, I, I remember sitting there every day. I'm like uploading. I'm like, did I get approved? Did I get approved? Did I, get approved? Did I, get approved? Like, dude, I was calling for like two weeks. I'm like, I don't see it. What the hell is going on? Oh, everybody, I, I remember all the Facebook pages. Everybody's like, dude, where's, did you get your loan yet? Did you get yeah, your loan? And everybody's trying to pretend like they're calm, but everybody's freaking the fuck out because everybody's like, I don't care who you are, your business. Like the big, the, the 800 pound gorilla was laying people off in my market. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, no one knew, no one knew what to do. So yeah. you made it, you made it through 2000 to through COVID, right? You, you came out of that year. What'd you end up in 2020? Uh, 2020, we did, I think like 2.2 million. So we went backwards just a little mm-hmm. bit, not much. Not too bad. I mean, like I said, I think we, we ended up obviously, I think we ended the year, we, we ended up with a good, uh, good year because we, we, I doubled down like three weeks into COVID, I doubled down on my marketing because everything became cheap. Like all the marketing company, all the radio stations, everybody was like, "Hey, we'll do half off." Or if you want to run ads, we'll do like we're they're running radio ads for pretty much free because no one else, no one is listening. So I started I started doubled down on it. But the only hard part was for me was once now my my co- my employees were no longer confident in working for me because I started laying people off. Right, so the big companies started picking off my top guys. So I lost my my top sales guy. I lost my general manager. I lost all these people that they started picking off because they they had the cash to float through it. Right. I didn't have the cash to float through it, nor did I know how to to get calls on the board. So back then, I wasn't activating my customer list. I was just all I was doing every day was was waiting for phone calls to come in rather than outbounding and get like that's how these big companies were staying busy. And I couldn't get it at that point. I'm like, dude, how come we're not? How come everybody else has got calls and we don't got calls? But I come to find out, they're running their their old customer list, and that's kind of that threw me off for a while. Um, so cool. So 2020, you had, you fell back a little bit, but you probably got better at the business side at that point. Is that when you kind of started buckling down on the numbers or? Yeah. Yeah. That's when I started thinking about the numbers and, and focusing on being, uh, uh, being a better business owner and being a better leader versus, uh, being a better developing people versus just being a better sales guy. So talk about that. So I think that's one of the one of the things that I I admire the most about you know dealing with you and talking to you and talking to your employees because I've had a lot of your staff out here for training and and everybody just has nothing but great things to say about not only about you about Chasey about your leadership just just how you how you handle yourself. So you want to kind of talk about how it is to be because it, it seems like you're still friends with your employees, but they just have so much freaking respect for you. You want to kind of lay out what the, how that, how that kind of works out. Um, yeah, just, it's a family atmosphere, man. Like um, it, it's a family, everyone here, we care about everyone here. Obviously we're all in it for the same goal. We've got to be profitable. Uh, but I, I care about all my people and I'm in it for, I'm only as good as, as the people I can develop. Uh, I'm not as good as I can be. I, I'm only as good as the people I can develop. So, uh, so I focus. I focus big time on my service guys, on training them, uh, the psychological part about it. But focusing <coughs> on our team in general, man, we got an awesome team uh, from our helpers to our office to our our field employees. Like everyone's, everyone buys into it, and so. Uh, it's it's easier when everyone buys into it, but just caring about them in general instead of looking at them like a number, I think that's what makes a difference. No, hundred percent. I think you said something fun the other day. You see, you said uh, I I raise uh, I raise unicorns, right? I raise unicorns. Oh, yeah. and, unicorn and farmer. I'm a unicorn <laughs> farmer, and that's what it is. And, and, and it's true. Like the guys, you know, a lot of guys they want to have. I want to have a hundred employees. Fuck that. I want 10 fucking dogs. Yeah. I don't want a hundred fucking, I don't want a hundred fucking sheep. I want 10 fucking dogs. You give me 10 dogs and they will destroy those hundred sheep all day. And a lot of guys, they don't, they don't see it like that. They run, it's just, they want to get numbers. They want to throw this big old fucking fishnet out. Right. And you have this big old fishnet and guess what? The fucking fishnet doesn't work. It doesn't catch as many fish as you thought. And now yeah. you have all these employees milking you dry. 
like my guys I have now, like we, we, we spend a lot of time training. Like they, obviously they're on the app all the time. I assign, I used to do assignments on the app. They're in my meetings every morning. Like these guys are dogs. I don't have a huge team. I used to have a hundred employees. Now I have, you know, 36 or something like that. 37 employees. We're doing the same amount of revenue with 36 employees as I was doing with 95 employees. hundred percent. Like this month, we are like month over month from last year. We're doing we're doing almost the same amount of revenue or more revenue with less than half the people. So I think that, you know, a lot of guys need to maybe take a step back and, and rather than just try to bring in everybody. Like I remember when you first hired Vaughn, right. You're like, Hey, I, I still remember this conversation. You're like, dude, I met this guy. He was actually a customer of mine. And I started talking about HVAC and, and I really want to bring him in. What do you think? And I'm like, well, is he good? He's a good, I remember like a good guys. He's you know, like, dude, I think he's going to be a badass. I just want to get him trained. I remember you calling me like, do you think you could train this guy? And I'm like, fuck yeah, send him out. Yeah. And, and I wasn't ready for, you know, fucking 300 pound juice box, but <laughs> so he sends me this guy out and his name's Vaughn and, and Vaughn's a badass. He's, he's a multi-million dollar salesman now. And this is, you know, I think it was about a year and a half ago or something yep. like that when he came on. About a year and a half ago, he, you know, he sent it out for training and this guy comes out here and, you know, he doesn't drink. He's just, it looks like he just works out 24 hours a day. And this guy just had the best attitude, but his, his thing was like, I remember talking to him and he just, he respected the shit out of you. He's like, dude, I just want to crush it and prove Jeff that like, and just be grateful that Jeff gave me an opportunity uh, to work here. So I think that, you know, more about half of your staff now is kind of people that you've brought in and trained, right? Yeah, man, you can't. Uh, in this day and age, I'd rather I'd rather bring someone in with no experience than than bring someone in with experience, because the experience comes the hassle, comes the headaches. They do it their own way. They don't want to change and adapt to your processes. Uh, this guy had never done HVAC in his life and did over two million in sales his very first year. Uh, I've got a kid that's nineteen that he's worked here for for over a year. He had to take the day off for his high school graduation. <laughs> and then, seriously, like he's that young, he's going to produce over a million dollars this year, uh, being 19 years old. He's going out to your class uh, this coming week. I've got another uh, another muscle head that you'll meet on Thursday. Looks look, look built kind of like Vaughn, new guy I'm bringing on from California. Uh, he was a uh, uh, he's a Marine, LA County Sheriff, so not been in the industry, but giving him the personality test, know that he has a personality. He's a promoter. Uh, he has a personality to do it and to talk to people. So uh, I'm going to turn him into a million dollar sales guy this year, guaranteed. And and that's and a lot of guys they don't they don't realize that they're they're spending all their time. I can't find employees and I can't do this. I said, dude, stop looking for an HVAC guy. Start looking for a great community. Uh, I have two rules. You got to be a great a great person and a great communicator if you want to work for me. I can't if you're not a great person. I can't work with you no matter what. No matter how much I train you, you're not going to do the right thing because I expect my employees to do the right thing every single time, no matter what. Yes, our job is to sell stuff and sell it for a higher price than everybody, but they're still gonna say do the right things and not screw over the company, mm -hmm. not screw over the customer, right? My prices, I can't change, but I, we're definitely not gonna lie, steal and cheat from people. So you gotta find good people. And then you just got to invest in them, right? So like that, a lot of people ask me what, you know, why am I building the Hero app? I'm building the Hero app actually for myself because I actually am able to train employees now through an app without me having to be there every day. But secondly, it's just to be able to bridge that gap because guess what? You go to tech school, what do you get? A guy that got, I got my EPA. Like, motherfucker, yeah. you don't know how to do shit. Like, you just spent yeah. 15 grand to learn an EPA. I'll teach you. I'll get you an EPA if you, no one's, I, I've been doing this for seven years now and no one's ever asked me for my fucking EPA card. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where mine is. <laughs> I've had to use employees for, to buy refrigerator. I'm like, I don't even know where mine is. I got a picture of it somewhere, but like a lot of guys that come in, I got my EPA and I went through trade school and they get out of trade school. And they don't know anything about the fucking job. They don't know how to. They don't know how to run a service call. They don't know how to run a tune-up. They don't know how to install anything. I'm like, what did you pay for? Like, that's fucking wild. So like, you know, in my, in my, in my wild dream. So I'm, you know, I sit up at night and like when I came up with the idea for the app, and I'm like, how can I fucking replace a trade school? I just want to replace it. Like, if I can get, if I can put something in there where it's an encyclopedia, and I can replace a trade school, and I can get technicians up to speed very fast. That's a weapon, right? And a lot of people don't realize that that how big of a weapon that is. Like I got service, I got you know service Titan training, Sarah training, I got EPA testing, I got Nate certification, all the stuff that's going to be in there. I'm going to be breeding fucking people are people are going to be putting on their resume 
that they were hero, the hero app certified or some shit, because there's, there's going to be far more, far more knowledge in there than it is on these fucking trade schools. Like I get the trade school guys coming every day. They're like, I got my resume. They showed me how to make a resume and I got an EPA card. And I'm like, you can get the fuck out. I pay somebody with no experience, no trade school over that person almost every day. So, so now you got, you got these guys you're investing in and you roll, you roll that into 2021. And I feel like 2021, you, you kind of got your footing. I feel like that's when you were just like, Hey, I, I think I can run this. Not only can I run this, but I think I can run it well. And I think I can start making some fucking money. And can you explain that heading into 2000? I think feel like 2020, I could see your confidence had changed. Cause I mean, I mean, we talked pretty often and you just mm -hmm. had this demeanor in 2021, like, Dude, I I got my shit dialed in and I'm ready to take off. Can you want to you want to kind of talk talk your way walking into 2021? Yeah, man, 2021 uh was our best year yet and um it didn't start out that way. I mean, we had good goals and um it's just a matter of training the guys though, man. I got Vaughn to where he needed to be. I got some of my younger service techs to where we needed to be. Uh focus a little more on getting the right calls in. And uh yeah, we killed it in 2021, man, but it uh, it definitely wasn't easy to start for sure, and then it, it's getting better for sure. So, you know, you talk about that too, right? So, you know, a lot of guys don't think about that, right? So there's, there's leads and then there's the right leads, right? And me and you had, you know, we were out, we were out in, and I was out in Utah what, a month ago, two months ago, we were talking at dinner and, and there's, you just got to make sure you're, you're marketing to your avatar, right? The customer that you want. So like, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I can get you a bunch of leads. Well, you go to the leads and they're like, they fucking, first, they can't qualify for shit. Mm -hmm. Second, they, you know, just all this stuff. So I think that, you know, what you guys have done, we're now, now we transition into, hey, we only do PPC. We're only doing this. We're only doing this. And we're, we're, we're investing into Google and the things where you're going to get the best possible leads. Uh, talk about how that's impacted. You went from running home advisor leads. You've ran, you've ran Facebook leads. You've ran all these different leads now. And what kind of, how do you feel like the customer wise that you're getting now is? Uh, it's good, man. With the marketing we got going now, we're, we're focusing on, on our own customer base for one, which we love them because they've already, uh, they've already trusted in us and focusing on the customer we want to get, man, the, the proactive customer that breaks down, not the reactive customer, uh, with the marketing that we've got, that we've, uh, uh, with our partnership, we've kind of got a, lot, a little better marketing and a, a lot better marketing on a lot of those avenues, but, uh, but yeah, our marketing is we're getting the customer we want to get for sure now compared to, like you said, you can get customers, but if they're not your customers, you're just going out and spinning your wheels and losing money. Running the home warranties and running the Facebook, all these, all these different leads. And you're like, dude, fuck all this. Cause I, I was the same way. Cause I used to just, I would just throw money at everything. Right. And I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to get in front of people. But then you start seeing your guys' demeanors are off because they're running fucking difficult leads. You can't pronounce the name and fucking the customer can't, can't they, ran, they, ran, they ran 10 in, they, they ran ten in a row and, and fucking eight of them have been credit declined. Like that mentality, yeah. you're like, I got it calls. And they're like, dude, I can sell, but these fucking, I can't sell these leads. Yeah, so like so now, like I was just talking to my financing guy, I'm at like a 98 to 99% approval rating over the last six months because I'm only Crazy. marketing to people that fucking have money or have credit yeah. and, and i'm not i'm not beating my i'm not beating a dead bush and, I, and my guys are happier uh and then obviously you know obviously activating your customer list so now that you guys are a couple years in you guys have that customer list and now you can do the outbounding or whatever it is and you're starting to get in front of people that really want to do business with you yeah yeah no it's crazy on that marketing to the right right customer because like you said on the uh dude i don't think i've had a decline credit application maybe like two in the last six months. Yeah. Like, and if you, and, and those people that you, that get declined, you're like, yeah, if I, I'm not getting them approved anywhere. I might as well just keep going. But literally 9% yeah. approval. I'm over here thinking, what the hell's with all these uh, finance companies? They don't decline people no more, but it's just yeah. the customers we're getting in front of. It's just the right customer. So, yeah. you know, you're going through 2021 and I think me and you kind of opened up a, a dialogue, uh, you know, dialogue probably, you know, midway through 2021 about possible partnering and stuff like that. And I know that, you know, talking to you, you, you have the similar goal as me, right? Like we want to, we want to scale these things, but I, yeah. we both had this conversation, like 
working in an HVAC company for the next 20 years sounds like fucking prison. Sounds like prison to me. And I, and I, it's not something I want to do. I can't, I can't focus for 20 more years doing this. I want to figure out how we can not only scale it fast, but scale it profitably and make it something that's a marketable business. So uh, we had that conversation. So you want to kind of talk through your thought processes on, on that? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, for the people out there, listen, Victor came to me. It took three tries. Like you came to me in 2020, bringing it up. Yeah. We talked about it earlier in 2021. Uh, and then, uh, and then later in 2021, we decided to, to talk about it more and pull the trigger on it. But um, it's been a huge benefit, man. Just to have iron sharpens iron for one. So to have business partners that, uh, that are doing the same thing you are, that are trying to get to the same place you are is huge. And like you said, man, like this shit ages you like fucking dog years. I'm not trying to do this shit for another 20 years. Um, one thing that our that our partner Bill said when you had him on your po podcast was uh, was compress time and go vertical. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do with it, man. We're trying to go vertical, uh, get this thing to as much value as it can, as much EBIT as it can, run as smoothly as it can. Because uh, in another 10, 20 years, I don't want to be a part of it. No, and, and that's okay because, you know, a lot of guys, they don't put a, when you start a business or you do anything in life, you got to put an end game on it, right? Like, what is your end game? And if you're just going out there every day and just kind of blindly going about it, you're never going to get there. And, you know, mentor of mine, Judge Graham, he's always like, when you start something, put a, put a, put a date on it, right? I want to. When do you want it? When do you want it? Not, not, a, hey, I want to, I want to sell this company for 20 million. No, I want to sell this company by fucking August, 2025 for fucking $35 million. And I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to figure out how, and then you reverse engineer what it's going to take to get there. And along the way, it's, you know, a lot of guys, they want to, they want to hump away a long time by themselves. But if you bring in a partner that's already been there, done that, and they can help you get there faster. I would much rather, in my opinion, I'd much rather have fucking 60% of a, $30 million business than yeah. fucking 100% of a $5 million business. Right. And, and that's how I look at it. And then along the way, we're also making more money. So like I'm watching as your, your EBITDA just keeps climbing. Like I see your, your daily, you know, we have our reporting down to the day. Hey, look at, we know exactly how much we're going to make every single day. And every day I get a report of yours and it's like, dude, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And the cool thing, as you watch it, you're in your mind, you're like, Hey, how can I make that bigger? Right? Like once you know the numbers, how do I make that number fucking grow? Cause that number matters. That's the net. That's the bottom line net. How do I make my net grow? And I think that that's one of the biggest things talking to you or talking to the G brothers are like, dude, once I saw that and I saw what I could possibly do, like, we're going to fucking, we're ready to fucking crush this thing. How do I get more? No, and for sure. And the first, uh, I'm going to interject on that. At first, man, I had that mentality of, of I'm doing good. I could keep doing good. Uh, I don't necessarily need a partnership. And, and, and I didn't need a partnership. Uh, I wanted the partnership because of all the things that, that were brought to the table with the partnership. So having that, having Bill in your corner is huge and the resources he provides. Uh, obviously, with, with, with you and Bill in the corner, we, we've got some stuff worked out with our suppliers. Uh, that's pretty sweet. We've got really good marketing. And, and so that's the main reason I did it was for the, was for the collab thing, uh, because yeah. I could get there and I could get to 15 million, but it might take me, uh, five years to get there. But with this, I could get to 15 million <coughs> in two to three years, uh, and be a lot more profitable, um, and all that too. So yeah, it's been nice. It's been good. No, it's, it's, it's good, man. It's, it's fun to watch. So like we have a, you know, we have a, now we have a group of bunch of young, you know, young entrepreneurs that are all like-minded. Right. And we got one right at his stepchild, but the other yeah, rest of the guys, you know, they're all, they're all <laughs> like, my. <laughs> He's probably watching a little bit. I'm the oldest one of that young group too, man. And that really, I'll tell you, man, when you invited me down on that jet, uh, that hit me big time, bro. I'm sitting on that jet with you and Bill, uh, the Gee brothers, Sam, uh, Brent, all these other people. And I'm like, I'm the oldest motherfucker on there except for the pilot, bro. Like, <laughs> seriously, like, it, I took a minute and I reflected in there and it was like, I see all these younger dudes doing it and I'm no spring chicken. I'm in my mid-40s. Like, I'm trying to get there quick and get there now. So that was uh, being the oldest one there really made me made me realize that for sure. Dude, that shit was pretty fun, man. Like, and those are things, those are things you look back on later on. And actually, I just got the the picture of all of us on the jet printed. But I'll have to show you to you next time you're in town. Oh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like you know, we're 
when, when we're going through that stuff and, and it's for me it's cool because obviously like i bring you guys in i want i i genuinely want everybody to be successful like you know I don't make anything unless we're fucking, we all fucking win. So I don't really give a shit. Like I just want to win and to watch the growth between everybody that was on that jet to watch the growth with not only of the, of their business, but also them as leaders. Like you got Mario, it's just all of a sudden he went from operating out of his house and now he's got a building and he's got employees and he's fucking growing this thing. You, you're, you're, you're bringing in more people. You're, you're growing. You're starting to make more money. The G brothers literally took their, their, their dad's, freaking 30 year old business that did nothing to now it's gonna that business is gonna do three four five probably probably four to five million in ebitda this year and last year they did five million in revenue you so can tell, you can tell by meeting those two and i never met the Gieblers until that time but even just that hour and a half that i spent with them on that trip you could tell they knew what the fuck they were doing Oh, uh, we we had already been working with them for a little bit at that point, and they do those guys. They just like you, man. Like we give you something. It, it's all about how long how long does it take for that for you to implement that shit? Because I can give somebody something that'll take them a year to implement it, or I give it to someone like you or the G brothers and or Mario or Brent or any of these guys, and I give it to them within days. They're like, hey, by the way, we launched it. It's already working, right? Yeah. And, and it's like, how long does it take for them to react? And the quicker that people can pull the trigger on stuff that's successful, like we, you know, I, I've tried it. Like everything that I recommend to anybody, I've already tried it within my business. So if it works, it works. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. And I'm a firm believer that I don't like to do shit that doesn't work. Or I don't want to tell anybody like, I can have a sponsor. Someone's like, hey, I'm going to pay you a million dollars a year. If you push my product, it doesn't work. But if you push it, I'll pay you a million dollars a year. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> so like that's and that's that's how you have to keep your reputation. And for me, like everything that I'm bringing to you guys, I'm like, don't, does it work? I want to double check and make sure it works. Then I'm like, OK, here, guys, try this shit. It works. And I think I think that's been the coolest thing. And then even even me, I'm learning. I learned from you, right? Your demeanor is something that I can look up to. Just how you carry yourself is very professional very matter of fact. And you also have, you know, I mean, we mean you got into it when I went out to Utah and I didn't come out to see you the, the protective feeling you have towards your business and, and how, and how that's, that matters to you. Like the, the little things like that matter to you. And that's something that's kind of stuck with me when I, when you had that conversation, I felt like shit. Like after <laughs> me and you had that conversation. I'm like, dude, yeah, I let my mother, I let my boy down. And that's how I felt. So, uh, yeah. Like I said, that, that, that sucked, but it gave me like, dude, like this guy just fucking cares about his team. And he's like, first thing you said is you let the team down. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't but, think we were going to get into that, but, uh, no, hey, I, man. And I can't hide shit. Like if I'm upset about something, if I can't, I'm not the type of person I can't hide shit. I got to talk about it. And that's growth, man. Between me and you, like I, I was a little hesitant to, to, to express that. But I'm like, man, we're business partners. Like we've got to be straight up with, with each other and, and about how we feel and how we're going to grow. So, so that's growth, man. So, so I'm glad, I'm, gl I'm glad we went through it because we learned from it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I don't shy away from shit. Like I, when I fuck up, I fuck up, but, but yeah, man. So like I said, we, we, we went from 2018 starting out. Now we're in 2021. What are your guys' goals for this year? What do you, what do you project that you're going to hit? Well, 2021, we hit uh, four million. It's already 2022, bro. I'm fucking losing. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> uh, 2021, we hit four million in, re in revenue. Uh, 2022, uh, we're going for 1.875 in EBITDA is our goal. So, so you see, you see how we change his mentality. So you know, there's there's a lot of guys that, in, myself included. I used to just pump my chest about revenue and you can do all the revenue you fucking want, but unless you're putting it to the bottom line then it doesn't matter. So, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, working with the partners that we have is we all talk in EBITDA and we all want to be the number one, like, like that's it. Like I told Jeff, like the G brothers, he's like, fuck the G brothers. I'm about to be the number one spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he talked to Mario and Mario was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm the number one spot. So all of us are trying to, I think, you know, obviously at the end of the year, we'll turn in our report card, which is our tax returns and see, see who won that one. But yeah, yeah man. Wolves, but we're focused on the same thing. Uh, so like shirts say, I mean, re revenue is vanity. Profits are sanity. Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. Well, the other big thing, the other thing we got to talk about What's Dude, up? you're about to be on a fucking stage in front of a thousand people talking for oh, the first shit. time, man. Let's talk about that, man. So, you know, Jeff, I invited Jeff out to uh, our service hero event in October. And I thought, man, you got it. He's been, he's like, dude, I want to get on stage. I want to tell my story and I want to talk to you, talk to guys. And, and so I said, you know what, let's make it happen. I mean, you're, you've grown this fantastic, you, you, you've been in the field, you've been a salesman, you've grown this fantastic business. So, you know, 
come October, you're going to be on the stage for the first time. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited about it. I kind of pushed it on you, uh, seeing the guys you had on that stage. I'm like, I just told you I need to get up there. And you said, let's do it. But uh, I feel like uh, I've been through some shit in my life, man. I didn't come uh, I didn't come out of this easy. I didn't I didn't get things handed to me. So uh, I want to motivate and motivate and help people. I think my story will help motivate people and and talking to people. So I think uh, speaking might be one of the next steps in my career. And uh, I'm excited as hell to do it, man. I'm real, real excited. Well, and, and one of the things, man, like, and I always tell people is that if you can go on a stage and talk, make sure you're talking about something you know and you believe in because that's the only way it's going to come out genuine. Like when I went up, when I go up on stage and I talk about sales, like, hey, my shit fucking, I turn on, dude. Like that's, that's my shit. Yeah. But make sure when you go up there, you just, you talk, you just talk sincere, talk about your truth, your struggles. And, and once it starts flowing out, man, it's, it's all about how can I impact, if I impact one person to, to think a little different, or work a little harder or, or dream a little bigger. That's the only, that's the only goal when you get on stage or when you get in front of the people or when you have a presence. Right. And I think it's, I'm excited for you because I think that, I think you bring a lot to the table and I think there's a lot that people can learn from you and you can motivate a lot of people. Uh, but I, I'm just excited. If you guys haven't signed up for the event, it's going to be fucking this year's, this year's events going to be tits. Like I, yeah. I was just, I was just talking to my partner and we're like, we're going back and forth and I'm like, dude, we got, we're, we're at we're gonna be at the what's the place called Resort World in Las Vegas, October twentieth through twenty second. Uh, we do have pre sale tickets after February fifteenth. They go up five hundred dollars. So right now, if you guys do go sign up, uh, you go to servicehero10x.com and you can sign up for tickets. Save five hundred dollars. Buy them in advance. The only reason I'm offering a discount in advance. It helps me because I got to kind of pocket a half a million to a million dollars over the next couple months for the event. So the more money you give me up front, the more I can start investing into the business. But we got some badass speakers and, and Jeff's one of them, man. So um, I just wanted, like I said, I want to bring you on. I want to tell your story. I think that what you've done so far is fucking badass. And I think that we're going to be able to come back and tell this same story in a couple of years from now uh, when you're ready to exit that business for a lot of money. And, and Jeff's going to be a badass up. story in a couple of years, man. I'm real excited to tell it again. Hell yeah, man. Well, Jeff, you know what, man? Thanks, thanks for coming on. I hope that anybody that's listening to this podcast got something out of it that's gonna you know help them motivate them or just you know put a little drive behind your ass and start getting up and going because it is possible. Whatever you're thinking, it is impossible. There's someone out there that's gonna do it. And Jeff's one of those guys that's out there making shit happen. So. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. All right, brother. You guys have a, have a good day. Like I said, go to servicehero10x.com. Go ahead and sign up for the event. Save $500 on all the tickets. I do have two sales mastery classes coming up. I got a couple spots for this Thursday and Friday. If you're in Southern California, come buy a ticket, come check it out. And I got another one coming uh, February 24th and 25th. These are the only sales mastery classes I'm going to do all year. I'm going to teach